experimental humanities. Welcome to Experimental Humanities Out Loud, the podcast where we investigate how technology mediates what it means to be human. My name is Julianne Swartz. I teach sculpture and participate in the sound cluster at Bard College. Today is April 30th, 2020. The sound pieces you are about to hear speak to and from isolation. Literally, the students were in quarantine when they made these. Some students were living with friends or family, some were living alone, but all were abruptly displaced from their routines and expectations of daily life. The works explore solitude through a focus on interior space, the silence of a room, the clamor of the psyche, or both simultaneously. Memories, dreams, and the subconscious are mined for content. Distance and proximity can be heard in the recordings. In the context of isolation, familiar references, a children's story, or sounds from an airport emerge as disconcerting haunts. These pieces acknowledge and explore loss, anxiety, and uncertainty, touching upon emotions that many of us were feeling as the COVID crisis unfolded. My name is Josie Cotton, and I'm a studio art major. I made this sound piece right after quarantine started. You will hear two consecutive entries I wrote down in a journal in the days following isolation. I've had a lot of time to write. In my dream, I, I was trying to find a knife to go into the woods behind my house ship. and kill an animal. Day five of when shit really I didn't know why. Was it a fox, a bear, a big cat? Left. I couldn't I find a knife, so I ended up taking up a big wooden curb. spoon to protect I myself. To see him so I guess I thought I'd whack anything hard enough. With my eyes I'd be safe. He had everything. Didn't matter anyway, because we were once we made it into the woods, we just it turned into a jungle. House. But then the dream changed. I was suddenly going on a trip with my parents, I guess to Canada or something. But it was just like a big water park. Black velvet pants. We stayed inside the car the whole time, it was actually a really as if it were a huge and involved but car wash. But then I looked in John Martucci's face dreams as he leaned over many times. to see me through the passenger window. Then we drove back. And I felt so sad. Then began the, the worst part. Since I'd met him, we were all meeting up to have dinner together me. in this village and that I've dreamt about a lot. In his eyes, that it he seems really like a village set in a movie. He even felt guilty for not doing it, quote unquote. But he couldn't risk getting Matthew sick. So it was a special dinner, distance. a celebration of someone. Sam went around. I was and supposed to knit home before and put Wolfie in the house, but, but he for kept some it reason short. he had wandered, he just told and I had to look for him at the water because he loves the ocean. And I did the same. Before I set he off the gift of the car that I was supposed to be giving to the guest of honor in my hands. Too emotional. Ryan, maybe. I followed him. The water's edge soon became a massive endless beach, covered in old mines and lined with strange orchards, all filled with cats. Until they drove off. I, I searched for hours with some help. Almost feeling some two real people, tears. I think maybe it was. I hadn't cried in months, and I wasn't about my to sister. start. But I really felt it all. Maybe until daylight. My best friend peel out, unable to find Wolfie, but finding hundreds Mostly of lookalikes. Felt like I really, was really, it just made me really feel so alone. These days, it was infuriating to follow an anonymous gray cat, chasing it as it scampered Things along I the used sand, to do on a whim, only to find when it finally turned a meal or three. It was not my cat. Call Sam. 
Cats all of all these shapes and sizes lounged because of in our the bright foliage of the lemon trees Everything that line the beach. Once so full of direction and will, I am now just listless. When I looked very closely, the only work I, want I could to do see that some of them weren't cats at all. My hair. And but I feel so tired from sitting, grinning, a I large cabin grin. fever. As I passed by, to leave the, the cats peered down and laughed at me. And then I woke up. My name's Maeve Schallert. I am a music and philosophy double major, and this piece uses field recordings from walks I've been on during quarantine. And the drone is from is a recording from the last rehearsal I was part of before Bard closed.
My name is Sienna Scherer. My piece, Commencement, is about catharsis and fearless self-celebration, even in a time when we are not sure what that means. My name is Madeline Busby, and this project titled Home Sound is an amalgamation of sounds that I found on the internet from airports and sounds from the environment of the home I'm staying in in Red Hook. I was thinking a lot about homesickness, distance, and the rhythm that it would take to get home.
is Will Hunt and I'm a senior photo major. My piece is a composition of many samples, um, but as a whole I would best describe it as a socially cubist cartoon drama in which pain becomes a single theater of itself. Thanks for listening. You poor little creature, said the field mouse, who was really a good old field mouse. Come into my warm room and dine with me. She was very pleased with Tiny, so she said, You are quite welcome to stay with me all the winter, if you like. But you must keep my rooms clean and neat, and tell me stories, for I shall like to hear them very much. And Tiny did all the field mouse asked her, and found herself very comfortable. We shall have a visitor soon, said the field mouse one day. My neighbor pays me a visit once a week. He is better off than I am. He has large rooms and wears a beautiful black velvet coat. If you could only have him for a husband, you would be well provided for indeed. But he is blind, so you must tell him some of your prettiest stories. But Tiny did not feel at all interested about this neighbor, for he was a mole. However, he came and paid his visit 
dressed in his black velvet coat. There are two things that are going to make you a better voice or narrator. And learn okay, what those two things and are his next house on this week's Do We Start. Than mine, said the field mouse. He was rich and learned, no doubt. But he always spoke slightingly of the sun and the Hello, and welcome once again to another Deweese Deweese. I hope you are doing well. Well, there Tiny is no doubt that the bulk to of the voiceover work is out there. This is mostly a narration. When I say narration work, a lot of that's learning, a lot of it's corporate narration, and there are other various subcategories. But narration far exceeds the volume of a safe social promo work. The the world world so the when you actually deliver projects to clients is of utmost importance. And there are two things that I've learned that really help me and that I use in coaching talent to give the best read possible when it comes to narration. And they are, number one, sound engaged, and number two, to sound incredible. Number one, engaged. To be engaged means that you're interested, that you're actually thinking about what you're talking about, that you're not just there spending time moving around making sounds, but that you're actually interested and you can express that interest to the person who's listening to you. And I think that's fairly self-explanatory. It's easy to, when you're, especially when you're working on a long narration, five, ten, fifteen, fifty, one hundred pages, to kind of clock out mentally. But to give you a best read, you have to stay engaged, thinking about what you're talking about, and actually allowing yourself to sound interested in what you're talking about. And that is a big
and the tears rose in her eyes.